Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Oh, good afternoon, everybody. We've got Kate, Audrey, and myself, Craig. This week, we're discussing chapter 19, I believe, verse 19. Um, so we'll just jump straight in. I'll share the screen and we'll let Kate we'll let Kate read away and then we'll sit and discuss and then we'll do some of the readings on it. So let's start with the first one. Give up sainthood, renounce wisdom, and it will be a hundred times better for everyone. Give up kindness, renounce morality, and men will rediscover filial piety and love. Give up ingenuity, renounce profit, and bandits and thieves will disappear. These three are outward forms alone. They are not sufficient in themselves. It is more important to see the simplicity, to realize one's true nature, to cast off selfishness and temper desire. Okay, now the second one. Stephen Mitchell. Throw away holiness and wisdom, and people will be a hundred times happier. Throw away morality and justice, and people will do the right thing. Throw away industry and profit, and there won't be any thieves. If these three aren't enough, just stay at the center of the circle and let all things take their course. Forget about knowledge and wisdom, and people will be a hundred times better off. Throw away charity and righteousness, and people will return to brotherly love. Throw away profit and greed, and there won't be any thieves. These three are superficial and aren't enough to keep us at the center of the circle, so we must also embrace simplicity, put others first, desire little. And the modern translation, get rid of sanctity. People will understand the truth and be happier. Get rid of morality. People will respect each other and do what's right. Get rid of value and profit. People will not steal if they do not desire. If that's not possible, go to plan B. Be simple. Be real. Do your work as best you can. Don't think about what you get for it. Stay focused. Get rid of all your crap. Right. So, wait, any comments on that? Any anything jumping out? Anything that's anything that's jumping out that we can that we can discuss on those? I'll tell you. The only thing coming up for me is just that it seems a lot like last week's verse. Yeah, I think there's. I, I, I've not read through the whole the whole Tao Te Ching. Um, I think some of the chapters do kind of run on each other. So it's not like it's, it's not like when Buddy sold me the, the book. He says it's a great book. You have to read it. I thought it's going to be like chapter after chapter. It's going to be like one big long story, and there's going to be a big happy end. And I didn't actually realise it was individual verses, but I, I do see that a lot of the, the verses kind of run on to each other. Um, it's like we had um, three weeks ago when we were talking about progression, and then last week we were talking about um, a different type of progression. 
Um, and now we're talking about renouncing, uh, throwing away, forgetting, and getting rid of. Um, that was uh, that, that's 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 the four keywords that jumped out at me from the four different readings. Um, so what I can see from this is casting aside. Um, at first, I thought it was maybe something to do with a rebellion, um, renounce, renouncing like a higher a higher structure or a hierarchy. Um, but when we when we get down into it, um, what I what I'm reading into this is getting rid of a layer of onion. So getting rid of get getting rid of a layer of myself, um, and getting down to the core, um, the, the core of my my being, the core of who I am. Um, if I just jump back into the screen again, it's just and so to, and the, I'm also getting the same from last week is that, like you said, getting down to who you are, and that these things, they're saying like throw away these external forces because these things really need to come from within, uh-huh. not from without. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I'm also reading integrity. I'm, I'm, I'm looking up, I can see quite a bit of integrity into this as well. Um, give up sainthood, renounce wisdom, and it'll be 100 times better for everyone. So mm-hmm. with the, with the first part, giving up sainthood, renouncing wisdom, is this is this me giving up my sainthood, giving up my wisdom, giving up the things that I think about myself? And is it going to be better for everybody if I can if I can be on the level with everybody? And it was it also popped up in the fourth one. I think it was. It's not possible. Yeah, if it's not if that's not possible, go to Plan B. Be simple. Be real. Do your work as best you can. Don't think about what you get for it. Stay focused and get rid of all your crap. So it's all to do with myself. Uh, I think. I think looking at this, some of the, the integrity, um, integrity with me is falling through my falling through my words with actions. Um, and I think if we get rid of, if I if I look at things from I'm an addiction side, um, I had absolutely no integrity whatsoever. Everybody knew that. I was unreliable, and you couldn't count on me. I often take my mum to work, and she starts at half past five in the morning, so I need to pick her up at five, whereas beforehand she'd have to chase me at half past five to say, look, I'm supposed to have started by now. Um, whereas I think the integrity now is that if I say I'm going to be there at five o'clock in, in, five o'clock in the morning to pick her up, I'm going to have to actually be there. That's what I'm reading into, integrity and getting rid of getting rid of myself to be of service to, to others. Mm. You getting into that, Kate? Yeah. And the putting others first. Putting others first. Yeah, that was that's that's quite a good that's quite a good shout. That that's coming. Ridding that ourselves of false pretenses. Yeah. What do we think on the third verse, where it's saying, "Throw away charity and righteousness, and people will return to brotherly love. Throw away profit and greed, and there will not be any thieves." That kind of confused me, but I don't know if that's if, I don't know if that's thrown away my own righteousness, thrown away the chariot of myself. And if I can do that, then people will accept me more, and there'll be more brotherly love towards myself. Throw away profit and greed. If I'm not there to profit, or if I'm, I'm not being greedy, there won't be there. There won't be people there to try and, in my opinion, steal things off me. Would, would that? Do you think that could be what they? There won't be any thieves. I kind of I kind of feel like it's speaking to only 
only taking what you need, taking and giving only what you need and not excess. And then nobody has any, you know, need or reason to profit or steal. Taking only what we need. That came up in a previous chapter to deal with abundance. Um, rather than only taking what you get, any, any, anything more than what you need isn't necessary. Um, I'll try to remember the chapter as we go along. Um, I'll do the, I'll have a look at the Derek Lynn translations on this and see what he comes up with. The Derek Lynn translation of this, um, the character due translates as end, means to discontinue. The clear, the concept is clear. We should put a stop to the obsession with book knowledge and focus on the wisdom of living outside of books. In the ancient Chinese way of telling a bookworm to get a life. <laughs> I like <laughs> yeah, that. So, yes, I, I, I can see that. I can actually see that. Um, and getting rid of the righteousness and getting rid of the getting rid of the righteousness and more or less getting rid of the self. Rather than reading the book, come out and actually live the life, rather than sitting saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, my book says you're not doing your job properly, so you're obviously not doing it right." Right. Some people have such a powerful desire for ever more knowledge that they fail to hear this message. They interpret end to mean extreme or ultimate. They change the first line to say that if one could gain the ultimate knowledge so that there is nothing more to learn, then people would benefit a hundredfold. In this fashion, they have taken a warning against the blind pursuit of knowledge and transformed it into a rallying cry to acquire even more. The fact that this distor- uh, this distortion can help, sorry, the fact that this distortion can happen at all is the very reason Lao Tzu warns against it. As we cultivate the Tao, let us keep Lao Tzu's abon- ad- admonition in mind. Knowledge isn't a bad thing per se, but book smarts can never replace street smarts, and school learning can never compare to life learning. We need both. I don't know if you've ever applied for a job and the people ask for your qualifications and you say, right, I've, sorry, we were just talking about this with yourself, Audrey, just, you were saying you've you're finished a course. Um, if you're applying for jobs, they'll turn around and say, right, well, what qualifications do you have? Well, I've, had, I've done 20 years at school. And then I'll turn around and say, right, well, what, what experience have you got? I've, I've got none because I've spent these 20 years at school. Right. I don't know if there's a correlation between that, that sort of what the, the, the Derek Lynn translation is trying to say into that. Um, I think it's, it's really saying that you need a bit of both. You need mm-hmm. the, you need the school smart and you need the street smart to to really be able to, to progress in what you're doing. I think with addiction, that's very um, important to have the experience to help others. You know, we have all our experiences, and then those experiences can help others with our addictions. So, um, I don't know if any of you guys went to your doctors and that sort of thing with your addictions. Um, the first doctor I went to um, basically turned around and says, you couldn't help me. There's a leaflet for Alcoholics Anonymous. These guys there, they know what you're doing. They, they know what you're going through. So you're probably mm-hmm. best better off speaking to them rather than um, sitting in my office, um, which I kind of took to heart to start with. It kind of put me off getting better. I thought to myself, this guy's not really interested, so let's just... Let's just go back to what we were doing, but hindsight, you can see, you can see why you had that attitude of it was, you know, basically a case of look, these guys know what you're going through. I, I don't, yeah. 
Um, so if you sit down and you speak to these guys, these guys will be able to help you to, to get better. Mm. Um, okay, so Derek Lynn goes on to explain, this is why we're having trouble understanding the chapter. This is one of the most difficult chapters to understand because we have a strong tendency to worship knowledge. We have all been conditioned to believe that knowledge is power. So how can having more be a bad thing? Lao Tzu is unique among all ancient philosophers in consistently highlighting the pitfalls of knowledge. In several chapters, including this one, he points to the link between intelligence and arrogance. He also points to the ease with which we can use knowledge in a shrewd way to twist the truth. In fact, this chapter provides an excellent example. So he's actually coming out and saying, yes, yeah, it's quite a difficult one to understand because we are that knowledge, knowledge focused. Just going back to my recovery, I, I went backwards, I went backwards and forwards to the doctor um, and ended up getting a, a second doctor because I wasn't quite happy with the first one. Um, it was just fortunate the second doctor that I spoke to, he he actually took an uh, he took an interest in my addiction and he was saying, look, how are you coming to terms with what you're doing? What what are you doing to try and get yourself better? So. I, I, basically laid it all out and says, I'm listening to this podcast and listening to that podcast. I'm reading this book. I'm reading that book. And he actually stopped me and says, look, the first doctor told you to go to meetings. Did you actually do that and go to the meetings? Um, I can now see, I can now see the benefits of having some knowledge, but also experience. Um, and the experience has actually helped me a lot more than sitting down reading other people's opinions on what's, what's going on. Audrey, have you got the, the Wayne Dyer yes. chapter? I do. Okay. okay, so I'm not reading his commentary. I'm reading the verse, right? Okay. okay. Give up sainthood, renounce wisdom, and it will be a hundred times better for everyone. Throw away morality and justice, and people will do the right thing. Throw away industry and profit, and there will be no thieves. All of these outward forms alone. They are not sufficient in themselves. It is more important to see the simplicity, to realize one's true nature, to cast off selfishness and temper desire. Okay, so I'll read from the I'll, I'll read from the the, um, the translation of it. Um, upon first reading this nineteenth verse of the Tao Te Ching, it appears that Lao Tzu is encouraging us to abandon the highest principles of the Tao, renounce sainthood, wisdom, morality, justice, industry, and profit says this great sage, and all will be well. Lao Tzu tells us that all these are outward forms alone and are insufficient for living according to the highest way. Um, yeah, so I, I, again, looking at that first, it tells us that I'm interpreting that as an abandon it all and all will be well. Um, the first of these categories represents education and the way you look at the, your sources of learning. This verse advises you to alter your concept of being saintly just because you follow the teachings of an organised religion and to change your view of self-importance because of degrees you've received from an educational institution. Lao Tzu gently informs you that there is far more valuable to cultivate your true nature. As with virtually all of the teachings of the Tao, the greatest trust is placed in your accessing the sacred Tao centre of yourself. Within you lies a piece of God that instinctively knows what to do and how to be. Trust yourself, Lao Tzu advises, and reevaluate the ultimate importance of educational and religious institutions. 
when you modify how you see them, you'll notice that these that the true essence of you is a hundred times better for everyone. So that's them going back to the um, throwing everything away and forgetting forgetting everything that you think that you know. Um, there was a saying that there was a, a saying that I've seen going around. Um, it was I think it was Lao Tzu or the Dalai Lama, and it was basically saying every t- every time you're talking, you're just repeating something that you know, and every time you listen, you're learning something new. So that kind of relates to that. I, I kind of read that into this as well. Basically saying, look, just forget everything that you think you know and start listening to people and, and start learning from different sources. So it goes on, the throwaway morality and justice, this verse, is, this verse urges, and people will do the right thing. Here in the second of the outward forms, Lao reveals a legal system that takes precedence over your natural internal integrity. When you know that you emerge from an impeccable source of honour and equality, you don't have to rely on a system of justice. Lao reminds, reminds you that it's very important not to view yourself as relegated to an inferior position because laws of morality tell you who you really are. See yourself centred with morality. Beg your pardon. See yourself centred with the perfection of the Tao, which is your nature, rather than needing to consult a law book, a courtroom or a judge to determine your ethical standing. These labyrinthine systems designed to determine all issues of right and wrong are evidence of our drift away from the simplicity of our inborn nature. Any comments on that? So they're thinking of morality and justice as like the the overall system of like ruling. Uh-huh. I was gonna say and if you're if you're really in touch and one with your Tao within that you don't need those external systems to impose that upon you because it comes naturally from inside. That's, right. that's kinda how I was seeing it. Yeah, that's good. That makes a lot more sense. Well, you should write one of these books. Ha ha ha, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the last of the outward forms is the whole world of business. Renounce profit seeking, give up ingenuity, and discard record keeping, and thieves will disappear altogether. Could be one interpretation. Lauzo advises you to stay centered within all-encompassing integrity of the Tao and to release your view of profits and monetary gain as indicators of your level of success. When you see your life through the perspective of Tao teaching, you'll have no need to hoard large sums of money. Instead, you'll discover the pleasure of serving others in a spirit of endless generosity. Or as this translation of the Tao Te Ching puts it, you'll cast off selfishness and temper desire. These, then, are the three outward forms, education, justice, and business. You've been encouraged to update how you see the reason for this, the methods used by, and the way well-meaning people have taught to value these arenas of life. When you change how you see them, you'll note the simplicity and sacredness of a higher principle, which will enrich the institutions with a free-flowing Tao. You'll realise your own true nature cast off selfishness and temper your desire. Be in the world of education, justice and business, but not of it. And you'll see the inner world where you're centred in the Tao. So that makes sense. That makes sense of um, not not putting yourself above people and actually, mm-hmm. actually being involved with things. 
I do think it's kind of hard to not want to seek knowledge, though. Yeah, that's... That's a hard one, because even in studying the Tao, we're kind of seeking knowledge. That's a good point. I mean, we're trying to increase our understanding by seeking knowledge. I kind of think it goes back to where he says to be in the world of knowledge, where Wayne Dyer says be in the world of knowledge, but not of it. Um... And so, gosh, I totally derailed my thought there. <laughs> I had something to say, and now I've forgotten what it was. Could it, could um, it also be? Could it also be to to be of um, of more of an agreement rather than trying to trying to force your principles across to people? It kind of reminds me of that phrase that I've heard people say, where like you're, it's like a it's like a a metaphor for life that you want to be in the game instead of like on the bleachers watching, observing and being in it. Essentially you don't want to be in the game though, isn't there? The same as you just want to be sitting back from the sidelines and taking things in and just Just watching. Yeah. Just watching it go by. Yeah. (laughs) Cause to be honest with us, there's some times and some things in life that I just really don't want to get involved in. Um, Sometimes I just want to sit back and just let it let it go, let it let it all unfold, and take what I need, and just just give give what I have to give, or get give what I've got to give, rather than getting involved in the the mundane day to day stuff that goes on in life. It's quite a difficult one to understand. That I guess trying to renounce knowledge. Why why would we want to? Why would we want to not know things? Yeah, that's probably why this is the, one of the hardest verses, he says. I, th- I think it was, what would, Buddy, what would Buddy say? Would it be to, if you want to, if you want to learn things, you have to, you have to unlearn. <laughs> right. Right, <laughs> yeah. To gain, to gain, to gain wisdom, you have to forget knowledge. We'll need to ask him next week. Right. Right, so Wayne Dyer continues, um, Observe your relationship to systems of education, justice, and business. Notice attempts to compartmentalize you. Are you dependent on a system or reward and punishment for approval? Do the rules and codes of conduct you follow come from the heart-centered space, or are they designed to create a label of specialness? That's a good point. That's good. Why? Why do we? Why are we doing everything that we that we're doing? Are we doing it for? A level of greatness, or in our own opinion, or are we doing it to spread what we know to help to help everybody else, to help everybody gain gain things as well from what we know? Hi, Marla. Okay, so we were discussing the the nineteenth verse. So that's kind of like in the in the fourth translation, like where he says, "Don't think about what you can get for it. Stay focused." And also the first part of that, get rid of sanctity, you know, don't go around acting like you're like a saint, like you know everything. So that's sort of like the knowledge and wisdom, like going around acting like you are above other people. Yes, arrogance. Right. So maybe that's part of the translation. Yeah, because if we go back to the if you, if you go back to the um, if you go back to the the screen share, I'm impressed you know how to do that. I can't figure out how to do it. Oh, it's, it's technology, Marla. It's it's, uh, it's second nature to me. My eight year old showed me how to do it. 
Um, right, so we were, we were talking about, uh, we mentioned arrogance. Um, so that, that, that could go back to the, the third, the third um, translation, throw away charity and righteousness, uh, and people will return to brotherly love, throw away profit and greed, and there, will be, there won't be any thieves. So, yeah, the, the arrogance definitely comes into profit and greed. Um, and I think if you throw away that sort of thing, um, then it does kind of bring you down to, to the level of everybody. There's, there's also the saying that we, the, the, you can never get, you can never get poor by giving things away. I love that. that, that those are words to live by. Yeah, do you know, I, I wish I'd have came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> there are no new ideas, Craig. <laughs> Please don't think I could come up with anything like that. Certainly, it certainly wasn't me. Yeah, do do your work as best you can. Don't think about what you get for it. Stay focused. Get rid of all your crap. So yeah, get rid of the arrogance and let's maybe don't maybe not so much get involved with what everybody else is doing. Let's let's think about what, what we're doing and what we're concentrating on. So what else has Stephen Diagot, uh, Wayne Diagot to say? Uh, choose to see the outward form as poor substitutions for your true nature, and you'll begin to live without attachment to those forms. You'll see your own inner laws, which never require codifying. You'll live with freedom and simplicity. Trust first and foremost in yourself. So it mentions you quite a bit. It mentions you, yourself, you. So I think what this, I think what this one's really hinting at is having a look at the truest form of yourself, the truest form of you. Do I need do I need all this power? Do I need do I need all this money? Do I need all this greed? Do I do I have more that I can pass on to, to, to others? Is there more that I can do for you? I think I think really that's that that's my interpretation of what this is about. Um, and isn't that the basis of the twelfth step? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But the arrogance was arrogance was a great keyword at this one. I was the I hadn't I hadn't actually thought of the arrogance. Um, my main interpretation of it, like like I said, was integrity and doing doing what's best for doing what's best for for others. So how do we how do we relate all this to recovery? How do you relate it all? Yeah. There's things that we just need to do in order to live better. And, I mean, there's ways we need to change our thinking in order to live better, more comfortably in our own skin so we can find our authentic self. That's the biggest challenge is who's, who am I? What's, what is my authentic self? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, how, yeah. do we, how do we renounce all the, all the, all the, all the knowledge I think you have to go sit in a cave and meditate for two years to let go of everything. It's just impossible. If you live in this world, there's really no way to undo everything you think you know. You just kind of remind yourself, I don't know anything. I don't believe my thoughts. I don't, you know. Maybe maybe what they're trying to say is not that it's okay to have knowledge and to want to know about things but not to overly identify with that knowledge not to make it part of your identity 
And your identity should really be, when we're talking about the Tao, would be the Tao that's in you, that you're one with. And and so having knowledge is okay, maybe, but not to make it part of your identity. I like that. Yeah. It's like sometimes we identify ourselves as, as addicts and alcoholics, and that's our only identity. Yeah, so could we get could we get rid of that identity? Do we need to identify as alcoholics and, and drug addicts? Why don't we identify as people in recovery? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think you guys, but identifying as an alcoholic put me off going to recovery because I thought being an alcoholic was the end of the world. I thought that I th- my, def- my, my perception of an alcoholic is somebody who lives under a bridge or somebody that, you know, rummages through bins or you, know, you walk up the high street and you see the guy sleeping on a bench. I think had I known what I, what I know now about recovery, I would have gone to recovery a lot earlier. I um I, I think I think being in recovery is an absolutely amazing thing. I've probably achieved more in the past two years being in recovery than I have in the past twenty years. I think I've already done some of this now. I think I've already renounced knowledge and wisdom because I've I've got rid of all the nonsense that I, that I used to that I used to think, all the stuff that I used to believe about myself. And I think that's I think that's where I really struggle with addiction because that kind of spurred on my ego. I think relating it to an, an addiction side for myself would be to try and strip back that ego and come back to come back to my inner self, my my, my, my sobriety. I see as my inner self. Some of the layers of the onion, the, the outside layer of this onion is the the alcoholic. When I start peeling back, when I start peeling back and get to the core of it, at the core of my onion is sobriety. It's, it's getting rid of all that nonsense and stuff that I think I know and things that I think that I need. I think I need those. I'll tell you a quick story. I I ordered three special edition Elton John CDs one time at twenty pound each, one each night because I'd actually forgotten that I'd ordered it the night before. But these are some of the things that I really thought that I needed to bolster up what I had. Um, it wasn't until the guy came with three of these CDs on the same day that I thought to myself, Do you know, what? I really don't need these. I don't need these, so I sent them all back. Um, so it's, it's just silly things like that that we think we need that we th- we think we must have the best clothes, the best pair of trainers, the best the best haircut, and really we don't. According to who you know, who and yeah. it's like nobody's looking at us going, "Hey, you're not wearing thousand dollar Nikes." I hate you. you know, nobody's. It doesn't matter. That stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, it's when people say they, sh- they they say you should have this, they say you should have who's they? Yeah. Who's who's, who's they? <laughs> who's the definition of they? Is that is that what is that what your your internal voice is saying? Is, is your voice saying like you don't have that thousand dollar pair of trainers? You know, you're not good enough for society. Unless you get these, that's it, you're no good. And I think that's when self doubt and self loathing start to creep in as well. And I think yeah. you shed all that stigma about what other people expect of us. Um, expectations as well. We can we can we can get rid of expectations. Life would be great, wouldn't it? By doing this, could would we would we look at doing a fourth step if we were trying to get rid of all these layers? Would we would we do a, a moral inventory? Inventory. Yeah, inventory. Inventory. <laughs> I'll, I'll type it out so you know what the word is. Inventory. I know what inventory. Inventory. 
<laughs> we love your accent. You have the accent. <laughs> so what was what, what is step four? Step four is making a search and uh, fearless moral inventory. Is that right? Yeah. So could that be getting rid of that be getting rid of all all the things that are hanging around us, all the things that are weighing us down, all the things that are stopping us seeing our true our true self? That's no, that works perfectly. Step four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You could when it says see the simplicity, realize one's true nature, cast off selfishness and temper desire. You could all associate that with doing a fourth step to try to you know, get in touch with with yourself. So I could see that relating. Kind of get rid of some of this stuff. And meditation is always a good one. Where you do a meditation where you're actually, you're allowing thoughts to come in, but you're just observing them and mm-hmm. going, oh, you know, oh, I thought this, I thought, and you're not um, by, you're not, you know, going through the thread or the layers of the thought. Um, you just notice the thought and let it go. It's a great uh, exercise to do. It's hard to do, but it's you got to work at it. But it's kind of um, it, it's very mindful. It's about being mindful of your thoughts, so you can actually see your thoughts and go, "Hey, you know, I would never think that thought about somebody else. Why am I thinking it about me?" Or you know, things like that. Just being aware of what you're thinking and where your thoughts go to, without judgment. Be yourself as a friend. Yeah, I mean, if you don't love yourself first, you really can't love anyone else. It's really hard. Yeah. Do you meditate quite a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how do you get into it? How do you how do you get into the flow of it? I'm a yoga teacher. I I, I've, I just started I started studying yoga right around nine eleven, and um, it's just part you know it's part of our practice is meditation. It's, uh, you know, I st- and I started out slow, very, you know, five minutes a time, at a time, ten minutes, and sometimes I, I can do an hour. It's great. It's, it re-energizes me completely. Uh, I've, I've been to a couple of the refuge meetings. So I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the meditations through them, and that, that really does let go of everything. Not just You just come out of the meeting and you just feel, oh, wow, that was fantastic. I've, I've just I've got rid of everything. I've done just bought everything. I've just I've I've gotten rid of everything that's been going going on in my mind. I've just I've just managed to forget it and let's start afresh. You forget it? That's amazing. Forget it. <laughs> well, that's great. For five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but don't you feel it sounds like you feel energized when you're coming out of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, feels really, it does. It feels really good. And again, it's just it's just getting rid of all the all the nonsense that's going on in your head, all the stuff that doesn't really matter. And that's that does that does bring me down quite a bit is holding on to the thoughts and holding on to resentments that really, do you know what? It's if I was to think about how the other person that I'm resenting is thinking, they they probably forgot about it days ago, and yet I'm still I'm still kicking this can up and down the street. Um, so I think like yeah, I think that's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Stripping things back and getting rid of getting rid of all the things that you don't need. I mean, re- resentments again is just one of the things that we, we don't need in life. And um, so that, that's that's something else that we can that we can tag onto in our recovery side. Get rid of the resentments. 
Amen. I needed you today, Marlon. <laughs> Why are you resentful? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just glad you joined. I'm I'm glad you joined well, the conversation. <laughs> um, I'm glad too. I've we um, had a great review on the what's this now all about podcast. Did I heard it? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. That was a great review. So, has anybody else got anything else they want to comment on? On the 19th verse? No. Time to get to work. Right, let's, let's, let, let's do the Dow. Let's do the Dow. May the Dow be with you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get t-shirts made up. <laughs> right. So everybody have a fantastic day. You too. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.